welcome to another episode of Turn of the Millennials podcast. I am Lindy. And I am Stephanie. Welcome, Millennials. And today uh, we are talking about Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Pretty much everybody has seen this movie if you are a millennial because we had to watch it in school. And it came out in 1996, and it's the 20th anniversary, guys. Do you know how old that makes us look good? How is it 20th? 25th, sorry, 25th, 25th. 25th, okay. 25th. I, I thought that's what I said, 25th, sorry. <laughs> 25 years old. 25 years, wow, that makes me feel old. Yeah, because I was 11, and you would have mm-hmm. been 13. So I, I would have been 13, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was November when it came out. November 1st, actually, guys. So we're a little bit late, but we're in the same month of the 25th anniversary. Season. Yeah, so, so don't judge, guys. Like, yeah, it's we're, we're like a few days late, whatever. <laughs> whatever big we, deal right big deal <laughs> yeah. it's the same month and it still would have been in theaters because they stayed in theaters mm-hmm. you know for a long time back in the day not like now mm-hmm. but so- i miss that like i i do miss that where like oh, like a couple months later you, you can still fucking go see another movie that you've seen there's, that you probably already saw there's some the movie the same movie several times there's sometimes where i've gone out now and literally the movie i'm like oh i want to see that and like three weeks later because it didn't like spark at the beginning it's gone you're like, wait, where did yep. that go? What? Don't perform right away. Yes. Then you're out. Sorry. You're out. And it's just, sorry. Tough that's luck. how savage things are now. It was, an, it was a simpler time back then, which yes. I think will bring us kind of sort of to our, we have a new little segment we're going to introduce. Uh, to be our millennial moments. So yes. I'm excited for these. I have a couple. <laughs> so Lindy actually thought for this one, I think we should have like a segment that relates us to millennials and things like that. And I think as a, as fellow millennials, things are making us feel old, especially now that we are all in our mid to late thirties. If not, like, I'm not 40s. really sure what that X, early forties, Nineteen eighty is where the millennial yeah. cuts. So that's where, so we have 81 yeah. and eighties who are in their forties now. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, the yeah, realism so I is thought we could do old. something yeah, I thought we could do something where we have a mo- uh, millennial moment like uh, like that week or whatnot, and that uh, we could just makes us feel kind of about how it makes us feel right, very exactly. very old, very yeah. old. So, it, do you have one yet? Did you think about I, that? I, I had you... two specifically, so they kind of intertwined as well too. So, uh, this weekend we were listening to Pop Two K Countdown, and they went back to two thousand and six. It was 15 years ago and they were playing Jojo too little too late. Oh, Jojo. 15 years ago, Lindy, that song came oh out. God. That made me, I was like, but this song's still, but these are still great songs. I still love these songs. And then that made me <laughs> and, feel old. And then and, it, in relation to that, my other partial millennial moment is when I think back, like say 15 or 20 years, I'm no longer a toddler or a child. I am a 15 16 year old developed kid with a mind and makes choices of my own when I think back of 20 years ago and we were at a cottage this weekend and some of the, someone in the boomer generation of an older one they said yeah 20 years ago they were referring to the 70s and we were like 20 years ago it was 2000 you realize that he's like no 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 no, my 20 years ago so these like are, our 20 years ago is, is like the 90s <laughs> right but kind of but, thing but uh, realistically 20 years ago was 2001 but people still yep. think it's like 90s or people in the boomer think it's the 70s when the 70s is actually 50 yeah. years ago 
because I even say like 10 years ago and I'm actually referring to the 90s. So that just blew my mind being like, if I think back 20 years, I was 16 and I was a developed human with like I've choices been in and a, thoughts and, you know. I've been a, a legal adult for 20 years. Right, exactly. Wow. So, right, wow. so that- I have been an adult longer in my life than I was not an adult. So that made, that was my millennial moment because that just made me, feel old inside because I was like not not I was no longer a child 20 years ago I was almost like I said a legal adult 20 years ago lost childhoods right yeah empty swing set (laughs) oh my childhood so sad right um yeah the horsey is just there by itself rocking itself (laughs) so I actually had two moments this week as well Uh, well the one moment was like like last week or whatever we had um we had my stepkids for the weekend and I forget what we were watching but um Aaron and I started with yo mama jokes okay and I'm like yo mama this and yo yo mama mama that and Riley's just looking at us and we're just like what and she's like seriously yo mama jokes and I'm like what is that like an old person thing and she goes well it's not a young person thing well, mama jokes never like, go out of style. I'm they like, never go out of style. That's exactly what I said. I'm because like, uh, yo mama jokes are like infinite. Because like, Scott and Grace at the cottage were telling yo mama jokes to us. So it just depends, I guess, on the kids or the locale. But yo mama jokes will never go out of style. Never. Right? Exactly. Never. That's right. They beg to differ, but I was all like, you're like 12. What do you know? Whatever. Right. Moving on. In like three um, years, you'll be saying them. So don't even, don't even yeah, act like that. They'll much. come back again. It's fine. They'll come back again. <laughs> um, and then um, the other day uh, we were talking, Aaron and I were talking about one of his staff members and uh, he told me that she has like four kids. And I said something about, oh, well, she can be up that early because she has to get her kids up for school. And he goes, well, no, they're all, I think the youngest is like 14 or 15. I go, she does not look young enough to have of teenagers and he goes she's our age and I go motherfucker we're old enough to have teenagers we have teenagers yeah yeah you do how did you not realize when did I get so fucking old I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old like yeah she's almost she's almost a teenager so I'm counting her in but like I'm old stuff I'm old I don't See, I, I luckily have not had the worry because I don't have children or stepchildren. So that part quite yet hasn't set in for me just yet. <laughs> but, yeah, but even like kids in your family or kids that are family friends or kids that you've known since they were babies. Dexter but, would be the only one. Like Dexter yeah. would be the only one. And he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's like and what, he's, 12? 11? He'll be, he will be 11 in January. Yeah. 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 Wow. Sad, right? I know. Just oh my goodness. Like that. He's a sixth grader. He'll be a sixth grader. He'll be in middle school soon enough. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Riley and, is in seventh grade and Aiden is in 10. And on that note, Romeo and Juliet. Going to the supposed, same high school I went to. Same high school I went to. Which we learn about Romeo and Juliet in high school. And they were 13 yes. and 15 year olds. Romeo and Juliet. So holy crap, the th- the things that they go through in this like love triangle thing for a bunch of 13 and 15 year olds I don't think I was that mentally like yeah but think of the times back then like if you're 15 and unmarried you were a spinster that's you're considered too old to wed that's like (laughs) but in the context of this movie when they're setting it in nowadays if you're still like 15 16 year old you're just like what and Prince being so old which Prince is the world's sexiest man Yep. Paris. You mean Paris? Paris? Paris. Okay. His name is Paris. Yeah. I thought it was Prince. Prince is the captain. 
the cop oh, okay. captain. The, the captain. captain of okay, that's it. Captain yep. of police. Okay, yeah. Paris. <laughs> Paris, yes. He is a young, young, young Paul Rudd. Very a couple years Paul. after Clueless. A year, actually. Um, I think Clueless was 95, so this would have been I like a so. year after. So yeah. very fresh-faced Paul Rudd in this one. We also had Leonardo DiCaprio, a very young Claire Danes, John Logazamo, Jesse Bradford. Harold I Pinto. made a note of that. I was like, I totally forgot Jesse Bradford was in this movie. Right. Um, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy also played one of the uh, the yep. boys. Uh, Harold Perrineau because I love him, and this was I feel like this was like the first time like I was kind of also opened up to drag because of him being in this. Like apart from like RuPaul a little bit, but like this was like also another thing where I was like, oh, drag, cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he still does it because if you've seen Dumpling, he also he, plays a drag queen in that one, um, and it's, it's on my it. list. Uh, yeah, he plays a, a Dolly Parton impersonator in this one. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, right? no, he's a fabulous actor. Yeah, fabulous. He was great in Lost. Lost, yeah. yes. I, I never loved finished him that, in that one. I love. You never finished Lost? No, I need to go. I think I need to go back and watch he's it. Like, I never you finished. Have not I, seen the end of Lost? No, I know all about Do you it. Know because how it ends though? The, they're they were in purgatory and it was all a thing or something. I was. What was I watching? I think I was watching a show where she was like, I need to go back and watch Lost. And they were talking about the end and something like they're all dead, but they're all, I don't know. I'll, I'll go back and watch it. It'll put go it on the Go back and list. watch it. Yeah. Fucking go back and watch it. And but pay close attention to everything. It's one of those, it's one of those, like you have to pay attention well, in I order to understand the ending. Back in the day. I think it just, eventually in the day, it just got too far off. For too far-fetched for your liking. And so that I stopped watching too. it for a bit. So I was too. like, uh, this is a little much. So then I never ended up watching. The when they started traveling back. through time, that's when I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I can believe a polar bear on like an a island. island, but, it's and traveling. the big smoke monster that I can believe too, but traveling through time, I was like, uh, it can be done, but uh, it just, whatever. it seems but a little it's great. much. It's a great fucking show. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. now Romeo back to Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. We love getting on tangents. So it was. This is why our conversations last so fucking long because we get I know, off track. Okay, so, so traffic. So yeah. By the way, this reminds me of it. 25th anniversary. And it was directed also by Baz Luhrmann, who mm-hmm. is a fantastic yeah. director, does things like Moulin Rouge and that. It is the love story um, between Romeo and Juliet, two houses if you divided. you don't know this story, what are you doing? You've with lived life? under a rock because not only if you've not heard Romeo and Juliet, you've seen this in some type of iteration. There are so many iterations where it's two. There's love-struck so many modernized teen- versions of it. Right. Two love-struck yeah. teenagers. Their families don't want them to be together because their families are at war for some reason. They West fall in story love. Kind of deal. Right things insane. end up killing themselves because their parents are kind of assholes and because they couldn't put their shit aside yeah. yeah so family drama yeah so with this one it, they actually decided to make it modern but still use the old school script. which i loved i love that at there, the time at the time when like you saw the previews and things like that i was like oh that's really awesome and i don't remember if i saw this in theaters but i do remember if I, when i saw it for the first time I had a really hard time following it because of the dialogue. Yes. And I felt the same way now just watching as I just watched it like an hour ago. So watching it now, I'm just like, oh my God, I need like a super dumbed down, like layman's version of the script to like act. Like if I were acting in this, I would need a layman's version of the script to understand the notes and the connotation of what, what kind of tone I need to use, what kind of emotion I'm supposed to convey, because the words mean absolutely drivel to me. I yeah. absolutely know. I never understood Shakespeare. I don't get poetry. Like I'm not that type of a of a person. Like a, Romeo is banished. Yeah, yeah. 
you are all punished. Punished. Like, punished. I love, I love like the ye old English right. way of speaking. I think it sounds amazing and romantic, but it's so hard to follow. Well, but also like, there was because there's just different words that they used in different yes. contexts, and also yes. just words that we use now are very different than and not not doing it in a derogatory way, yes. but gay back in the day was happy and now jolly we use it, and happy and, and now we use it towards the lgbt community and so just over yeah. the course of history words change and that's they change meaning and things like that so when you go back to read these it gets so hard sometimes because you're like that doesn't quite her like especially in the movie when they're like take out your sword and they pull out the gun i love that they do that though like i do <laughs> i love they write, that they like, do sword refer... on the guns or something like that i think is what it is all of their guns are named after sword company like companies that makes a type of sword Oh, okay. Sorry, not a sword company, but like a type of sword. Long um, sword and like something like that or yeah, whatever. Yeah, things like that. Um, okay. I should have written a few down, but I didn't. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, but I do have several pages of notes. Right? <laughs> I know I had, I was literally, as I was watching it, I just had my notes open, yeah. just like this, 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 I have, this. I have guns equals sword. <laughs> guns equals sword. Yeah. But um, uh, how about that opening though? Like, I love that the beginning was a news report. I think that was very modernized. What? Why are you? No, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, oh, it's so good. I just, (laughs) like, it just gives you goosebumps. Like, yeah, you open, it opens, you've got the story and then they do the, the big, the the music that he uses where it's like, oh, and then they show two fingers. Like, it's just, that's what I said. When we said last week on, when I was talking about this on the soundtrack, the way he did, like the music to this help makes this movie like, yeah. And that opening scene is no different. Yeah, the opening scene was pretty fucking amazing. Um, the news report, there was... Uh, news visual and voiceover is what I said. Done well with yeah. news visual voiceover. <laughs> oh, and I bite my thumb at you, sir. Do I you bite my, my thumb at you, sir? I do not bite my thumb at you, sir. <laughs> that that little exchange, me and my sister always used to like laugh at that because just the way that they're like over-exaggerating and just like, sir. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm trying to find a thing because there was uh, one of the the one of the headlines on the newspapers at the beginning of the movie had a quote on it as their headline that was actually from one of um, Shakespeare's other plays, and I can't freaking find oh, it in my okay. notes. I know I wrote it down, but I can't find it. Like that's I know I fucking wrote it down, and I don't fucking see it. Well, that's just disappointing. <laughs> Forgot Jesse Bradford was in it. Yep. So Jamie Kennedy. So they're basically it had the word riot in it. I know that. Yeah. So at Something this point, riot. the Mercutios and the Capulet, uh, like cousins, basically meet each other. Pull and... up at the gas station with their uh, almost matching license plates. Right. Did and you then, see that? I Cap zero zero five, and was it M O N? Just Mon zero zero five. I believe yeah. it was Mon zero zero five. And they're basically Benvolio. Yeah, Benvolio, I think it is, right? Benvolio. Yeah, he's like, I am afraid. I am afraid, like, if here comes the Capulets, we're afraid that we might not be able to escape another brawl, essentially, because their families hate each other. And every time they apparently come near each other, they always need a fight. Makes no sense to me. Bad blood. Bad blood. Bad blood. Deal went south. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Do do we know why the Capulets and Montagues hate each other? Is that ever explained in any of Shakespeare's, like, writings? I'm not sure if I actually ever ne- never never found out. 
maybe someone secretly stole their other wife or something who knows it was capulet times <laughs> probably started with like someone killing someone from the other fam- side of the family right that's usually probably usually how revenge. it starts right back, then, Reve- it back then it was always revenge it was always revenge it was i will avenge your death oh. yeah avenge revenge yeah. and then it's just a vicious cycle and it keeps continuing like as an example in this movie nearing the end of it and in many episodes of game of thrones <laughs> which we're rewatching at the moment Sorry. so yeah. much revenge in that one so much revenge. oh my gosh so much bloodshed oh, so great though so after this point they do have a brawl everyone you know goes back to the point and then there is yeah. a party at the capulets oh, this night can um, i make just a quick note about that scene oh yeah, yeah. Uh, jamie kennedy has a black eye in that scene yes and he actually got that black eye in a bar fight the night before in mexico city and baz lerman decided to keep it because he thought it went with his character hey i didn't Real even black eye y'all right i would have thought it was fake and so cool good for them that is hilarious those little little tidbits <laughs> So yeah, there's basically the Capulets are having a party that night. So everybody is like, yeah, we're basically going to go to the party. So Juliet's mom is forcing her to meet Paris, a nice, a nice man to court her and be wed. And isn't he like related? Isn't he like a cousin of some sort? I'm not sure. No, he's some kind of billionaire for sure. Like, are you supposed to be a business? He's the governor's son. Oh, the governor's son. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know he was on like a Time magazine or they yeah. showed him like on the cover of a Time or something. <laughs> he's bachelor of the year and sexiest man alive what mind what? blown 25 years later Paul he's Rudd. sexiest man alive right fuck yeah go Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. so uh juliet's mom yeah she goes crazy except with her nephew <laughs> <laughs> cousin i don't know she makes it with someone she's related to john lugazamo yeah like, what the fuck? Right? right in front of her fucking husband and like all of their friends yeah they're just they're they're a loving family they're a really? loving family like, really i just i don't whatever the so the montague boys and mercutio they all meet up and they're deciding they're gonna go mercutio's as i said earlier dressed up as a very sexy drag with this like silver sparkly sparkly skirt, like, skirt thing and like a white heels top, and shit. High heels. oh my god and you then this what? white fro kudos which, to him which... for wearing those heels because holy shit i would have broke both my ankles right and he's got some nice legs he has some nice yeah, legs in those heels. Legs. like mm-hmm. dude girl oh girlfriend and it's funny because i noted this when he goes into the party and starts performing young hearts run free i assume it's because leonardo dicaprio was on drugs but his fro goes from like this to like huge yes yes i did so, notice that i'm just like i think that his wig changed I'm it like, does is that and, how, like, and i'm not sure if it's because it's supposed to be like showing leonardo dicaprio is on drugs or something like emphasizing his drug binge because you know mercutio gives him that or, ecstasy the ecstasy or you know yep. and he takes it before going in because you know 90s it was know. the thing to do thing to do especially in la we're, right we're in california and shit yeah oh yeah california actually after drug scene yep. it was actually filmed in mexico most of it was filmed in mexico so that was why they got a lot of nice beachy scenes and you know the mm-hmm. the what it was at the the theater scene or the outdoor sand theater or whatever how it's all yeah like, that was completely built stuff. that was completely built from scratch yeah yeah that i love that that's really yeah. cool at the, i've noted here when she meets Paris and then they have to do the dance or whatever, Paul Rudd has his little cheesy dance thing that he does to, for her or whatever. I don't know if Paul you Paul Rudd that. does cheesy really well. He does. Like, really, he really well. Does. And it's like, it makes me feel like he's my kind of people. Right? Like we be buds. I mean, yeah. I love you, man. Like the j- slap it a bass. Slap it up, yes. <laughs> like, I read, I feel like he would be our people. 
<laughs> but I just noted he does this like little cheesy like to her while he's like dancing or something it, it was yeah. just made me laugh and then it goes into the Leonardo DiCaprio so spun out he has to go to the bathroom and wet his face and then we have the elusive aquarium scene yes and is the case the song playing during that scene is it kissing me kissing you kissing you yeah was that Desiree it was I thought so yes. I'm just like I she looks super familiar so yes she's awesome it was Desiree I love this she has a beautiful fucking voice like that oh song. man she's amazing and again yeah. the song to the scene it just you see them and they it have their fits. their it meet cute like, moment it gave me it gave me goosebumps. chills like yeah. chills it's a mute cute moment and they see yep. each other through the aquarium glass and yep. there's Which, and I also said there's no talking in this scene and you don't even need it there's actually a lot of points in this movie where there's no talking and it's either just silence or like there is music a, like a music playing and it just it emphasizes like the the less you say the more you're saying yes less is more and I think Baz Luhrmann is just really good with like putting like putting his music to things and just I think he understands he understands the assignment you know music makes a movie and a feeling so much more and this yeah this one was no different oh I loved it yeah Uh, it was really good although like the oh never mind lost my thought sorry so they they do their meet cute and then her mom is it nurse or her mom comes and they want they're like oh you need to meet paris so then they do this cute like little i think it's the nurse the nurse so they do this who is madame pomfrey from the harry potter movies oh i I thought she was familiar but i couldn't figure out who it was as soon as i saw i'm like it's madame pomfrey Uh, no it's not madame pomfrey no fuck professor sprout oh my god yes sprout yes motherfucker lindy you are just an embarrassment as a harry potter fan what is wrong with you it's okay we all lose a moment (sighs) professor sprout professor sprout so where that came from (laughs) my apologies harry potter fans i'm on Um, three hours of sleep so i can't be accountable for my words (laughs) yeah i was up at like 3 30 so i got up and read my book for like an hour and then went back right so right now we can't (laughs) be accountable for words it's fine right Um, so they run through the party and then he finds out that she is a capulet oh no oh he finds out and nurse whispers in her ears yes i'm at to yeah and then they walk away could she be a capulet oh sorry but if you name your child with rhyming names juliet capulet you might as well have named her julia gulia like come on (laughs) maybe that's where it came from Possibly, possibly, right? So, and then after this, of course, they have to leave it because Mercutio, I don't know, does something like, "Yeah, we gotta get out of here." And it's funny. Did you notice that they like have the guns and they had to have to go through the metal detectors and that, and how like he throws it because when they to leave the party, they they all have like there's the metal detectors they have to go through, and he like hands it around to like Leonardo DiCaprio around the other side of the metal detector. I might have missed that part. I don't know. Okay, it was when they're running out of the party. Yeah, but I guess they had, uh, they had to, I guess at this party, they had metal detectors so that there would be no brawls and no gunshed, I guess, at this large- No swords allowed, eh? Right? No swords allowed at this extravagant party. (laughs) And then from there, Romeo leaves and we have our, you know, ever famous balcony scene that is- The balcony scene, yes. Recreated Which was turned into a pool scene. Yes, they turned it. Yeah. Well, it still has a little bit of a balcony, but it does. It's yeah. mostly a pool scene. Mostly Which I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, how does she not fucking hear him? Right? Especially when he's talking to himself. 
how do you not hear that Juliet? What is the matter with you? I know. Obviously like, like your, your warning signs, like society hasn't gotten to you as a woman yet. And you're like, your warning radar shit's not up, not activated. Well, also <laughs> she, maybe she's not, maybe she hasn't learned some of those skills because in her love bubble. Thoughts. You also got to remember she's a rich girl with a nurse. So I don't know if yeah. she's figured out those skills quite yet. Like not in a bad way, but she just feels like she's been very coddled. So she hasn't quite figured some of those, very sheltered, those things yes. out yet. You know, this was a, this was a good thing, but I can't, it doesn't matter how good of a delivery an actor an actress gives this line. I cannot not laugh at the Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father, she is thy name. Like, I, it doesn't matter how good of an actor, how good you deliver it. I cannot not laugh at that line. I couldn't, yeah. like, watching this, I'm, I was watching it and I just, it cringed. Like, you know how I can't stand watching people, like, embarrass themselves? Yeah. Cause she's this like all breathy when she's like, yes. Cause, like, it's the most deny thy father and refuse thy name. It is the most infamous line from this play, right? Like, everybody knows what that line is from. Right. And I just, I, I know like I can't no I can't watch it it's just it's embarrassing I wouldn't be able to watch it she was like fresh off of uh, my so-called life I believe after on this too yeah I think so yeah she's still fairly young she was still fairly young still kind of newish to the not to full-on acting but to you know the whole process to movies like she had been in tv shows and stuff like, i'm sure she she might have been in a couple of movies before this but this but probably was what small. i think launched her to stardom yeah this was the like, real yeah this but those two like this definitely launched them because like it was just a cute couple and everyone loved him and he was he was a sexy guy back then and that so girls loved it because it was a real he had this romantic persona in this movie and then you know mm-hmm. so leonardo dicaprio definitely took off after this one for sure i remember that because then he did like cool. man in the iron mask and then he did uh well, titanic wasn't too well i'm wondering was well titanic was the following year and then i think when was eating gilbert grape was that oh that was before way after this way before way before and he yeah. was awesome and i'm shocked he didn't win a fucking oscar for that i thought he did for best supporting no actor. his first oscar he nominee it oh he was a nominee, nominee. okay but he was his nominated. first oscar wasn't until the reverend in 2016 yeah 29 movie roles well let's be real the academy doesn't know shit because they do that all the time there have been so many classic movies or movies that are now considered classics that they've always snubbed and ones that should have deserved things when you're like okay we're gonna talk about one in this one so romeo and juliet the funeral scene in that church you remember how beautiful the flowers the neon everything is when they first walked in this one and i had this in my note and this made me so mad and i still remember it to this day because this was up for uh that scene was up for kind of like the best like scene cinematography cinematography or whatever right for the oscars and it lost to the english patient for a motherfucking hospital scene in the war what the fuck so this is i don't think i've seen the english patient so i can't really like have an opinion about that but it's a it's a bunch of wire it's a hospital hospital room in the 19 fucking 20s or something like that what is yeah. there to it a white room with some wire beds and stuff like that there's well, nothing whereas not to mention like- not to mention the scenery of um the theater and everything on the beach that was made from complete scratch right that so, was lost in a hurricane so i like, have officially learned at that point that i don't the Oscars like lost the everything Oscars on me crap. back then. They don't mean anything. Yeah, they don't mean shit. It's only for the artsy yeah. fartsies in Hollywood so they can stroke their egos. Because like speaking of speaking of awards, Leonardo DiCaprio for this movie was uh, nominated for the MTV Movie Awards for Best Male Performance. 
mm-hmm. and lost that year to Tom Cruise for Jerry Maguire. Mm. Yeah. Claire Danes won for her her role, her category for best female yeah. performance, but to lose to Tom Cruise. I mean, I mean, to lose to Tom Cruise in the 90s, I mean, okay. Well, and I mean, like Jerry Maguire and Jerry Maguire was a huge movie. Right. Like, it was a huge movie. Yes. Um, but I still think that Show me the money. Leo you know. was by far way better performance in yes. Romeo and Juliet. I agree. Cause but. there's just, there's so many levels that he has to be on. Like, especially the parts where he like really breaks down and is like ball it. You're just like, oh my God, this guy is fucking so good oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i found um like next to harold perrineau john leguizamo did an awesome yes. performance a phenomenal performance in this one too yeah. yes yeah, i agree he was, he was fantastic i love john Leguizamo. he's so he's such a around-rounded well-rounded. well-rounded actor yeah like yeah. he can do a lot of because he started things, yeah. in comedy but then you look at him in this and he's like very range that's serious. it he has range. he has lots of range range yeah. and depth range <laughs> um so basically when they're on the bridge scene, he's like, oh, we shall be wed here. I will basically says he's going to like talk to her and whatever, tell her of what hour they can go and get wed. So he goes to the friar uh, of the church or whatever. And he's this friar is like in like Hawaiian t-shirt shirts and, and shorts. He's, and a chill, like that. Cool he's a chill friar. friar. Like yeah. I thought he was going cool. like, man, if you, if I had more like he's this, down maybe, with it. maybe I would go to church if more of them were like this guy. Like he just was so cool. And he so when he what says, it is right so when he goes Romeo go and says he wants to be wed and he's like he kind of has a look of like are you sure like you like literally met this like girl yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> she <laughs> is your family's enemy like yes. are yes. you sure you are 13 and like 14 years old yeah you sure that's what I find so much wrong with this story. That like if you if you think it's a lot English media, I right. think if you if you tear it apart and add aspect, it's like two families worlds came crashing down because these two 13 and 15 or 14 year olds or whatever who don't even know what fucking love is fell in love, got married the next fucking day, and they were dead by the end of the fucking week. Like, come on. That sums up the movie in basically like, literally. A sentence. <laughs> oh that's great sorry did i ruin it for you that's great spoilers spoiler if you didn't know already guys sorry <laughs> you didn't know where juliet ended well i don't even know what to fucking say to that <laughs> maybe it's time to stop our podcast and go watch it and you know then come back and listen <laughs> so i do oh, also man. i do remember nurse it was so cute like when i guess when she gets back juliet's all like what is the answer what is the answer and she's like i need to read i cannot breathe i need to rest and she's like how is thou could say you are out of breath when thou has breath to say that thou has out of breath <laughs> and Again, i always thought that was the funniest line i would need a fucking layman's term and script for this movie <laughs> that line is <laughs> like i got the gist of what they were talking about but like I still didn't 100% understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like, for example, okay, this is, I found something in the IMDb trivia that I found interesting, but I had to look up on Google to see what it meant. And I still don't fucking understand it. So um, uh, Pete Postlethwaite, who plays the father Lawrence. Okay. He was the only one to speak in um, iambic, uh, pen, iambic pentameter, um, which is, how dictionary.com defined it as a line of verse with five metrical feet, each consisting of one short or unstressed syllable, followed by one long or stressed syllable. Example, two households, both alike in dignity. No 
fucking clue what that means. No fucking clue. <laughs> so don't fucking understand. So I would be terrible if I lived when they talk like this because I'd be like the village idiot. I have no fucking clue what's going on. Well, no, see, here's the thing. You <laughs> wouldn't have been the village idiot because everybody talked like Grow this. Grow up knowing no, you would still, just... like, if I went back in time, I'd be fucked. I would well, be a witch. But if yeah, you think about it, if someone from Shakespeare's time came to now, they'd be like, what is this sorcery language you speak here? Yeah, you know? that's true. They may not completely understand. They would understand certain words that we have, yeah. but there'd be a um, lot of other words that they wouldn't. Kind of like the um, the famous world characters or whatever that bill and ted brought back to the present and had to understand what they were talking about yeah exactly and they're just like uh what? yeah they bring like a cave woman i know back. not which like, this you speak of cave woman's gonna understand what you're saying yeah like come on come on um, oh that's something funny. else that i really liked about this movie also is if you noticed in the background the billboards you have all the like if you notice the billboards okay. all in the background of the city um they're actually the advertisements are all quotes from other Shakespearean plays hmm. for the I like they have they that. have one I for, I didn't write it down but it was for a gun advert yeah and it had something from I think Hamlet or something like that but I did write one down where it was um it was an advertisement uh for a drink and it was such stuff dreams are made uh, are made on from his play The Tempest and the drink was named after the character who says the line oh that's I didn't bother looking that up I probably should have but I didn't right that's kind of um, nifty that's interesting yeah and then um, the uh, was I the only one that Mercutio when he does his a plague on both your houses speech? I was doing, um, I just had that a little bit here. yeah a little after that. <laughs> was I the only one that could not stop thinking of fucking uh, Reefer Madness the musical where they put a plague on both their houses if we're wrong. <laughs> plague on both your houses. So, Juliet, would thou like it's John hot chocolate? <laughs> oh, Jimmy, where'd you learn to speak like that? <laughs> Fancy talk from Romeo and Juliet. When a guy wants to woo a girl, he needs to know the right language. Are you trying to woo me, Jimmy Harper? <laughs> oh, Kristen <laughs> Bell, we love you. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my God, Reaper Madison musical. If you haven't seen it, fucking check it out. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. I believe it's on what uh, Amazon Prime. I think I saw it on. I have it and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, but for those who don't have DVD, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. So yeah, basically before that, so Sorry. Tybalt, that's okay. My tangent. Right? So Tybalt and Romeo fight, like you said, and Mercutio yes. comes in and saves Romeo, but unfortunately mm -hmm. he ends up dying in the process. And then this is when he says, a plague on both your, he's like, this yes. is about to scratch. And then he dies. Yes. And then he's like, a plague on both and your houses. Pay close attention to the weather guys, because that was a legit hurricane coming in to like, LA or um, California, Mexico. Mexico City, whichever was it, Mexico City? There's Mexico, yeah. in this part anyway, because yeah. they did some film in California. Yeah. Um, but Mexico. yeah, this was a real hurricane moving in, and they only had enough time for two shots a close up and a wide shot. Like all that wind and all the trees, but that was real fucking wind. And the theater and all the stage settings for that scene, they were lost in it, they were destroyed in the hurricane. So they couldn't. Did, yeah. they have, did they recreate them, or was that all they just? They just. I believe what? they had to do some other pickup scenes, but I don't. Okay. I think they were just close up, so you didn't really uh. need the background. Well, and they don't they, use it. They did some creative, creative movements in the background. They don't, to they hide don't use that, that, that scene too often. It's like that no. scene, and then at the beginning. So maybe there was supposed to be more. Yeah, scenes, I think that like was probably said, like the last scene they were filming. Or maybe there, maybe location. there was supposed to be more, but unfortunately, and they just had to change it. Yeah, I mean, they had to change the location. Yeah. 
I mean, you have to change it. You have to change it. It's like right. Like hurricane natural cocktail. disasters are natural disasters, guys. Yep. <laughs> can't fuck can't, nature. can't change nature. Exactly. You can't. So after he kills uh, Mercutio, Romeo chases Tybalt. Mm-hmm. And then there is a vengeful Romeo scene. And this was Car the part where crash. I said, Leo is amazing at acting. Cause when he's mm-hmm. just going and it, like getting so angry at Tybalt and he's just like, get, you don't really understand what he's saying because it's in English, but just the passion that you feel from Leonardo DiCaprio, you're just like, I can, I don't even need to know what you're saying. I just, I could, I know how mad and angry you are right now. Like he just did so well in that scene. Yeah. And also another um, trivia about that scene where there's the uh, Macru- or not Macruccio, sorry, uh, Tybalt's car rolls. Yep. The uh, what's the thing called? Uh, the roll cage collapsed and almost broke the stunt driver's neck. <gasps> oh, he almost no. died. Sorry, I'm like I fucking love trivia and fun. IMDb. Like I know. Scenes. IMDb. Uh, yeah, like I almost copied down all of IMDb's trivia. You should have just <laughs> kept it. All of it. Should have just kept it open on your phone while you're just going through. <laughs> yeah, I know, but whatever. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm old school. I like to write shit down. I don't like my fucking devices. <laughs> Usually, my I don't my I don't have my work laptop up here, so I'm doing it on this, and I hate it right now. <laughs> I'm trying to go through my notes on this, and I'm like, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah, I made sure that like I read your notes through quite a few times before before we started recording because I was like I was gonna have to know what you were gonna talk about right wrote down yeah yeah now oh so this one I thought was kind of interesting when I watched it and again kind of English media there's a the part with like the fryer where it was very foreshadowing with the like his blue Hawaiian shirt that he puts on because like the pastor wears oh, it yes and yes. then when Leonardo DiCaprio talks about his dream at the beginning of it before he's like he's whatever he's wearing this scene and you know that he's in the the thing and then they show him in the shirt obviously like at the thing and that's when he dies and so it's like it's so it's kind of an interesting i thought that was like an interesting little foreshadow with using like the shirt and everything and the friar gives it to him when he's in need of oh he's trying to flee town that's what it was because he killed tybalt essentially yep and so then which this scene where um pa- prince? captain prince is, in is rain? basically yelling at the parents yeah. of both of them because like Capulet, uh, Lady Capulet, uh, Juliet's mom. She's like hysteric, like hysterics, hysterics, because her Tybalt, because her Tybalt is is dead, and blah 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 blah. And the captain is like, basically, in you know modern day English, um, the captain is like, "Fuck both of you. You're both the fucking reason these two people are dead. We're gonna end this now with Romeo's banishment. The second he is sight unseen, he's banished." And blah, well, but blah. which which did but were Prince- they talking about killing or actual like? banishment well here's the thing prince also says that tybalt's death was also okay because he because basically mercutio was killed because of tybalt so tybalt died and you know basically faced his consequence of what he did to to, to mercutio so now romeo Romeo... to do it yes yeah it It wasn't wasn't up to to romeo Romeo. to do it but he did it anyway so now he's gonna now romeo's gotta suffer the consequences so banishment yeah. So law enforcement wants to put an end to this family feud. Because he's sick of it. He's is, been dealing yeah. with it in a city for way too goddamn fucking long. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's, he's fucking too out of both families. Too much has been spent on this motherfucking family and trying to keep the city safe from the families. Like the family's even terrorizing the like, city Like just think well. of like the bystanders that get yes. injured or killed in their fucking little sword fights. All of their little like, sword fights and their little debacles and all of their stupid yeah. things. Like how many bystanders could have gotten killed by accident when he was running after Tybalt or driving after Tybalt? He could have got caused a bunch of accidents. Like yeah. they just caused so much destruction in their wake, but they they don't really care and or pay attention yep Terrible. exactly that's what i feel yep 
Oh, I also, also I just wanted to make a side note that um, Juliet's father in this. Uh, yes, uh, that's what my next Polly note was. Polly in Goodfellas. Oh, okay. Polly in Goodfellas. He barely so, said a word in that movie. And so to see him behave the way he did in that scene. I was just gonna say, this was my next one. Daddy Capulet yeah. raging on his daughter was intense and her mom just writes her off. Cause she doesn't want to marry Paris. Yeah, and she and, doesn't want to, but basically his father, like, cause of course she's a lady, she has to follow her father. Cause even he's going to be abusive towards his wife because yes. they don't really care at that time that they didn't it's really care. It's all about image. It's about image. And power. They're a typical and power socialite well. elite family. family. They all they only care so, about image. Even though you're unhappy and miserable, that doesn't fucking matter. You got to put out an image for everybody else on the surface. Because I I wrote like a, a nowadays kind of translation to how that conversation went with the screaming and stuff when he was being a fucking dick. Um, so the dad goes, "Marry him, or you will be disowned." Juliet, if you don't postpone this marriage, set another funeral um bed next to Tibbles. Basically, I'm going to kill myself if you make me marry this guy. Like, right. seriously, how is that for that guy's fucking ego and insecurities? Right. Um, and then the mom goes, basically, she says, do what you want, but don't fucking talk to me. And then yeah. the next day, she's all fucking motherly about, oh, let's plan your wedding. And la, 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 because you're going to get married. Who gets married on a Thursday? Right. Fucking gets, except for uh, Ted and Tracy from How I Met Your Mother. But yeah, like, who fucking gets married on a Thursday? Cheaper. I mean, that's true. Like, like Aaron and I are getting married on a Sunday. Right. Because that's when our anniversary falls on. So I was just like, well, good fucking parenting guys. Like typical, right? Just abusive, dysfunctional family unit. Socialite family units, yeah. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, they don't show as much of the the Montague family, like as much as they do like the Capulet family. Yeah, they fun. don't, which is a shame because Christina Pickles is phenomenal. Amazing. She's a fantastic, Amazing fantastic actress. actress. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So yeah, I wish we would learn a little bit more about the Montague family. Mm-hmm. That would have been a little nice to know about. Yeah. Also, Claire, Claire Danes is very doe-eyed young, but it's great mm-hmm. in her dramatic scenes. Like she does play the the 13-year-old yeah, like, doe-eyed girl really well. I think she did. She because she's she was 16 at the time of filming this. So she was yep. three years older than what Juliet is. Yep. But she still looks very young and innocent and everything like that. And what I found really interesting while I was reading my interview trivia is that Jennifer Love Hewitt was considered for the role, but she, they thought she looked too youthful. The 96, she would have mm. been, I think, isn't she, I think she's she older than, I think she's older than Claire Danes, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Cause what, 99, she was in Can't Hardly Wait. And that's sure. like, and she looked kind of like, you know, she looked, oh no. Uh, so when, oh, so around 95, she was in Sister Act 2, I think. So that's probably what she would have looked more like when she was in Sister Act 2. Yeah, but even then, like, she still looked like looked she pretty young. Been... Yeah, she looked still pretty she young. She still would have looked good face. for that age. Yeah. Though. So Claire Danes was born in 79. I'm just going to see when Jennifer Love Hewitt was born. I feel like the same Memento for Favor. Jennifer. She was born. Da, 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 79. So they're the same, the same age. Year. So what? Yeah. That doesn't make so any sense. So she was February and Claire Danes was... Oh, motherfucker. Didn't even... Damn phone. <laughs> so Look back to the wrong page. Claire Danes is April. So Jennifer Love Hewitt is actually like a couple months older than Claire Danes. But that shouldn't make a difference on the way you look. But I, I know you can look older just because some people look older, but based on life yeah. experiences or whatever they're... Yeah. But she still looked like... I remember she still looked pretty good at like pretty young looking in Sister Act 2. Yeah, she is. But 
There's I, lots of. I don't think it would have been the same. No, and there's lots of there's lots of cases where it's like just, this person like, was considered I, and they didn't get the part, and it would be I a totally like, different movie if they did. Yeah. Almost. I like Jennifer Love Hewitt, but I just don't see her for this role. Yeah, I think Claire Danes did a really good was job. Really good. I, I think yeah. she was pretty fantastic. I think the the casting was just perfect in this one. Yeah, ended up doing it. So I also. Um, so anyways, we have um. So they try to send something. So they forge a plan. Juliet is like, I want to marry him or else I will die. So she goes to the friar and she tries to poison. And and yeah, he basically comes up with this plan to give her this kind of poison that, but not quite poison. So it makes her heart stop, but it's only going to be for basically 24 hours. Yeah. It kills her for 24 hours long enough to make her parents think that she's dead. So, so it basically stops run away with yeah, Romeo. Yeah. It stops her heart. So it's basically as if she's dead. And then he was going to send a post haste letter. Which to, he did. To okay. Leonardo. Which Can I, I just sh- ask? This is 96. Why not fucking just make a phone call? Maybe because of where he was, they didn't quite have cell phones. And he was kind of in a desert area in a trailer. I mean, so he might not have had a hard wire. Still, I guess. He might not have had a hard wire. So it's, but you that, know. Yeah. So the, but I did notice, I thought it was really funny because when the post haste delivery guy goes to to deliver it, he barely even tried. Yeah, he, he just stood like, there just as they of, like speed away. He didn't try to wave no, his no, arms. No. Like, I the have first time, the first time he tries to deliver it because he leaves a thing on it and Romeo's around back playing with the baseball. And he, he does yeah. like one knock on the door and doesn't even try to be like, oh, anyone, you know. Even though you can clearly you know, see someone's in shows behind. and movies, though, that's that's kind of how delivery people are portrayed. I know, which I know they're not, but sometimes they are, but sometimes they are. But I just thought it was Depends like he didn't person. even try to de- really deliver the letter. Yeah, he did not try very hard at all. So, like, and then, like I you said, it's all on him. When, when, and then Jesse Bradford's character finds out about it, but he didn't. He sees her in the church in the funeral. Bed, yeah, he in the he funeral, sees her laying on her funeral bed. And fr- he sees this, but Friar realizes, oh no, okay, like he doesn't, he doesn't realize he's like, shit. That- he's gonna go tell Romeo. Romeo's getting all mad. He's gonna come. He's gonna like, kill himself, and because- then he's gonna have to kill herself too. And because no one's heard, like from- no one heard, hears from Romeo whether he's gotten this thing. The del- post haste hasn't delivered it. He tries to send another one. Like he just, they try to get. And remember, people, this was yeah. the days before cell phones and like internet 96 so like 97 was when internet became kind of more common amongst households and stuff like that so this was like it was hard to get a hold of people back then yeah so (laughs) that's why you couldn't just send a text message all your young gen zetters you know (laughs) not how life was back then (laughs) um mail mail (laughs) and then the part where romeo comes back well first he comes back and then goes to some guy to get a poison the apothecary um so i made an interesting he's note from do you know who camp he is nowhere. he's tr poke, TR poke like, I, camp nowhere. I saw him and i immediately thought of the line well you're a little short oh yeah you're a little fat <laughs> i just always dead dead whoa oh, no dad <laughs> The plant, the plant is, is called, called number three, three turns out of alignment. <laughs> Hold your horses, Alphonse. Literally in it for like 30 seconds. I love it. That is a great movie. Uh, dear to my heart. Oh, love it. So good. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do uh, an episode about that. I know it's 93, I think it might be 94, but we'll extend it. It'll be a summertime one or something. Well, we're going to have to go into early 90s eventually. (laughs) Eventually. We'll run out of stuff. So we have to eventually expand it out. So Romeo gets the poison. He goes to the uh, funeral, the church to see the funeral. And as I noted this, as he's walking to dead Juliet, again, no words, just music and facial expressions. Yet you can feel 
all of like what Leonardo DiCaprio was going through, like his experience, like you could just that more lighting, the camera angle, and everything like that, like the way he held chills. his head, chills his again, hair hanging the way it is, like everything about that scene, you just fucking like, right? It just yeah. beautiful, like that. You know, uh, the love of his life, who he has known for forty-eight fucking hours, dead. is dead in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he goes up there. He tries. He does this little, like you know. I love yeah. yous and blah blah blah. He so says this speech the ring so on. movingly yeah. that Claire Danes, they had to redo it a few times because he kept making Claire Danes cry. And really? she's supposed to be comatose. Yeah. There's go she'd she at the end of the scene, like when the director yelled cut or whatever, she'd fucking punch him and she's like, Stop making me cry. Because <laughs> I'm supposed right. to be comatose. Right. Yeah. So like they had to do it a few times. So he had to like reel it back a little bit to like not make her cry I'm like then just change your fucking camera angle right <laughs> like, he, but that just shows he's so or you could have used the tear you could have used the tear as part of them her waking of her, up or her, something yeah. yes like her finger nudge and her head movement you could have showed like the tear but he just didn't see it because it's the eye that's closest to the pillow or yeah like he just didn't see it right? sometimes when yeah your eyes water when they could have taken advantage up. of that single right. fucking tear that single tear <laughs> i note this that it's like as she's kind of waking up I know she sees Romeo and then she just sits there and she's just like, oh, my love and is here. And then she here. puts her hand on her cheek. Instead of just, cheek. instead of just being like, Romeo, Romeo. like, it, uh, why are you just sitting there and admiring that he's there with you? And oh my gosh, she did Because she's 13 and in love. But at least like his, clearly his back is to you. Just be like, hey, Romeo, like what's going, like, I feel... She's also been comatose for 24 hours. She has not moved <laughs> or used her voice vocal box in like or her voice box in like 24 hours. So she hasn't moved. How can she so easily just stroke his, I know, head, right? his cheek then? So you know what I mean? Anyways, so they basically he died or he's as he, he takes the poison as so, as he's about to take the poison yeah he brushes his cheek as is this his it, lips and it like slips the rest into his mouth. It's like they the way they show it, it's almost like like it's a reflex. Yeah. Like excuse me yes it's like it wouldn't have happened like that if she didn't touch his cheek cheek yeah like he like she scared him and he you know like like he was almost holding for a second and being like do i wait do i oh another and then she's all like how selfish of you you don't leave any for me he already thought you were fucking dead right how selfish of you why would you need some right how selfish of you for killing yourself already so screw you girl (laughs) and so So yeah she suicide is selfish we know it's a very huge mental health no, absolutely. But Dang, it's in this context, it's stupid. In this it's, context, it is one hundred percent selfish. In this context, in this, this Shakespearean context, in no other context, no, whatever, whatsoever, no other context. In this context yes. of Romeo and Juliet, yes, they were both selfish because <laughs> they didn't think of anybody else. They didn't. Yep. It was just you know. But you know what? Okay, it's also you and also they have, have to think about that they are young. Their hormones are raging. Their families are forbidding them from this. Like when but, you were 13, 14, 15, your parents forbid you from something. It just makes you want to fucking do it more. I wouldn't kill myself though. Like I'd have been like, well, tell you about that. That's you. <laughs> Good for you. Well, no, like, but I feel like I don't know. I got, and I know it's another time with like, you know, love and unrequited love. And, you know, you didn't see people cause they're all at war and, you know, you fell in love fast, whatever, things like that. I, you know, Not I get mention it. How much of this was like, can you really make the comment that it was written by a man and that men don't necessarily know what it's like to be a 13 year old girl? Yes. This is also true. I just thought of that. I was just my thought. 
Because yeah, like 13 year old girls, like, yeah, we'll, we'll anguish, but at the same point, we're pretty resilient. So we'll mm-hmm. live and die another day. See yeah. you, Romeo. I got another man in the back here. Like, Paris is ready to marry me. <laughs> I won't be happy, but at least I'll be taken care of. Right, and at least I'm still alive, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just... Well, not for long, because then she starts bawling and crying, and the echo in the church does not. She's an ugly crier. Oh. That was so ugly cry face. Well, I'm pretty sure they probably were trying but... to. But maybe my was, love you know. of my life, I wake up and love my life fucking dies before my eyes. Like, I will be inconsolable too. I will be the ugliest fucking crier on the planet. Right. And I ain't gonna give two fucking shits. Well, or you might not even cry. You might even be like in a state of shock. Complete or... shock. Yeah. And just nothing. Yeah. Who knows? But that end, like, yeah. And then again, to bring it, it back yourself. around, it goes back to the news report. Yep. as it ends yep. and they basically say like two lovers two star cross lovers basically yep. kill themselves because their parents are stupid and they i love how they do do it for the the uh through like the news reports because it's kind of like a car wreck when you're driving down a highway like you can't not watch a, a news report about something like this yeah whether it's murder or suicide or something tragic the kardashians it's- Kardashians. Um, people can't not stop but they're they're, not that they're trainers but they just there's so much that they do like kim 72 hour or no that was the the it was kim 72 hour marriage 72 hour okay yeah kim 72 70 hours i don't know whatever like you know it's kind of the same thing you look at them you're like sometimes they're kind of train wrecks they've gotten it together now but like in their 20s yeah they got their train wrecks but they were train wrecks and you could not watch it i i never watched it but a lot of people like that like that was a really good spin with the um with the news reports at the beginning and the end credits. Yeah, I thought that was really good. So uh, yeah, the visuals and the stunning visuals in the movies, everything is stunning, just always amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Nurse was always my favorite character in this because she's just so like supportive. Yes, she's she wants Juliet to be happy regardless. Yes, she just doesn't care about her parents. She doesn't care about that. Like, because realistically, Nurse is kind of her mother. Like, let's be real. Yeah. I mean, come on, Let, let's be real. When you are raised in like an elite kind of family society? like that, you are generally raised by your nannies. And your nanny basically is your mother. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I know the, you're- the odd, the odd rich elite family, you will have an actual nice functioning- Family. Normal kind of family dynamic. But most of the case, most of the time it's not the case. I feel like that's more of a new money thing. I feel like it's the old money where you have the nannies and stuff like that. But yeah, because the thought, the thought of image would yeah. pass down from generation to generation. Yeah. And it would just be drilled. It's in, you're indoctrinated into it basically like a cult. Royal or royal and, like royalty. You gotta yeah. feel like the same thing. They there's certain things that they can't do because they they're royalty, you know, like but you're born into it and that's just what your life is. Which is kind of a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, you're well taken care of and you don't have to worry about money and whatever, but do you really have the freedom to be who you want to be? Right. Right? Like, and in this case, they did not. And which why so many So you didn't really see Romeo's parents being against it as much as Juliet's because you didn't really see much of them. Yeah, again, so- so Were they even aware of any of this? I don't even really, they don't, right? They don't really- I don't think they really even know what happens until they find out that their son is dead. Right, I don't even think they realize- Like when he vanished, does he tell them? Like, Like does he, no, it doesn't seem like he goes home. He goes to Friars and Friars. Anything that's going on in their son's life. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think they're just hands-off parents. (laughs) Too busy, but I don't know. Latchkey kids. It was the time, Latchkey kids. It was the 90s, so. um, (laughs) But a couple interesting um, tidbits I found- about this movie through the IMDb trivia. Okay. Is that um, one of the actors considered for Romeo would have been um, NPH, Neil Patrick Harris. 
he was considered. Again, it would be a totally different movie. I love MPH. I, so. I love it, MPH. It'd be definitely MPH. a different movie. <laughs> um, and then also Rudd, Paul Rudd, on his final day of filming, he went out for lunch or supper or drinks or whatever with Leonardo DiCaprio, where Leonardo told him about the upcoming, uh, that he was um, up for a role for Titanic. And Paul Rudd was the one that actually urged him to take it. So thank you, Paul Rudd, for that. Thank you, Paul Rudd. Because that actually got Leonardo DiCaprio his MTV Movie Award the following year for Best Best Male Performance. And that was a great movie and performance. And again, one of those movies that if it was someone else, would it be the same kind of movie? Oh, also, um, did you notice the all the important moments in this movie that happened between Romeo and Juliet happened around water? The first time they meet okay. in, the in the aquarium, class, then the balcony in, like, the in the pool, the balcony in the pool um, when he's leaving. Uh, well, when he shows up to her door at night, he's soaking wet from the rain. Then the next morning after they spend the night together, he falls in the pool again. Um, oh, okay. Things I was like, like that. When he shows up at the funeral like, home, he's wet. Like Because when he's doing the, when it's the, uh, the church, I mean. When he's when they're under the sheets or whatever, and he's like, "Let Juliet will it," and it's like the sheets are all around him or whatever. Yeah, that was an, yeah. That was a cool looking scene too when they do that. I thought that was a really cool scene too. Right. The um, and everything like that. So good. Uh, oh, I also had the movie po- I think I mentioned this in last week's episode, but I had the movie poster, and it's the "I am fortuneful" scene is what it was. I wrote it down. It was one of the ones. I think he was wearing the blue shirt, and he had it like kind of half done up, but not really. And he's like. Uh, fortuneful or whatever and that was a, the movie poster I had and then I also remember I had a book and a, so it was a like Romeo and Juliet and it had the screenplay and the novel like the the William Shakespeare novel oh yeah yeah no one. I remember that I had I that remember book. that you had that yeah I had, and um, I had that I just thought that was funny so like my last notes that I have here are just some of the awards that the movie won um, so they won uh, BAFTA for the best screenplay adaptation um, mm-hmm. and best uh, product design for Catherine uh, Martin okay. with the best product design for BAFTA. Uh, they won Black, a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for favorite actor <laughs> and actress. Uh, and then I already mentioned. There's what? an award that doesn't exist anymore. That makes you feel old. Is that a millennial <laughs> moment as well? Hashtag millennial moment, guys. Millennial moment. Blockbuster <laughs> Entertainment Awards. The Bs. Blockbuster Entertainment <laughs> the Awards. Oh, oh I fucking gosh. remember watching those. Those oh. were the ones that had the fucking um the, the bag of popcorn as the award thing, right? No, that was the MTV Movie Awards. I thought the MTV Movie Awards was the the Moon Man. That's the music video music awards. Okay. The video music awards. So the- what were the blockbuster awards? Oh, was it like the ch- thing? I think it was the chit thing. Yeah. The um the what's the thing called where you like and action snap. Yeah, the snapper snap thing. Yes. <laughs> Whatever yes, that's yes, called. yes. Yeah, I did my uh, research. <laughs> Are you looking it up right now? Yeah, Blockbuster Movie Awards. <laughs> See what it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys. This oh, is man. Good. This is fucking, yeah. Millennial. <laughs> kind of like a senior. A senior oh, no. Moment. It was just a it was just a plaque or whatever with a little reel inside it. Oh. It says Blockbuster well, on the inside of the entertainment. Anticlimactic. Right, that's boring. I would have so preferred like a, a metal version of the clacky thingy. Right? Whatever the fuck those are called. The clacker. <laughs> the clacker. But yeah, lights that's... on, lights off, the clapper. <laughs> so yeah, that's what that yeah, that was very intimate. That's very boring. Oh, and then also, okay, right after Juliet kills herself, mm-hmm. and then as they're doing the ending scene and Captain Prince is talking to the 
the parents about like how awful they were that they caused this and whatever yep. the silence there's no silent like there's no sounds or anything it kind of like it it gets really heavy the the, yeah. the silence kind of weighs on you and you can feel the weight of the situation well, and he's standing there in the rain while making this with the like the, again the lighting yeah. that they shot like it, it, yeah, yeah. The, you can feel the weight of the guilt on their shoulders yeah basically yeah and even some they even kind of sort of like are like have their heads down they, almost yeah, a little like bit like they're very ashamed of themselves and as they fucking should be absolutely you like how that. dare any parent try to force anything on their child wow. like let them bloom into who they're gonna fucking bloom into we know that happens way more than it should though unfortunately oh i know in, in so many aspects of life and it's really Every yep yep like, stage so mom, I tell my kids stage moms dance moms you, you know no matter what as long as you try your best and you do what makes you fucking happy I will love you. I will be proud of you. And I will support you. Like that's like, that's what like a parent should want a better life for their kids than they had. That's what I mean, I might roast you for a moment, but yeah. I still support <laughs> you on it. <laughs> don't worry. Okay. Like I have like that's my moments, my, my, my no. terrible parenting moments. Don't worry. I have my, I no. never thought I'd say this moments as well. No, but, but like also parents, it's your job to roast your children as well too, to kind yeah. of like not, not their be, backbone, but like joke around with them and kid around with them and, you know, make the, you know, have fun with your Teach children, how to take a joke and shit. exactly. And not yeah. take life too seriously. You Pass don't get out alive. Super- Pass your super dark humor onto them. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like Ryan Reynolds or like Van Wilder says, don't take life too seriously. You won't get out alive. This is true. This is true. All right. And with that, I think that we, we are- have to the audience, uh, my apologies. I should have come up with Jeopardy questions this week. I totally was going to, but, but, but again, because I, I figured you did. That's I, my bad with my lack of communication. No, I also thought <laughs> Millennial Moments was going to be our end of the show for this week. But now we'll, next week, we'll get our format down again, guys. We need to start doing a Zoom meeting like a day or two before we do a recording and talk I about what so. we're going to do. I think we right. need to start doing that again. Yes, yes. We got we got off track with that. So we need to start doing that again. Life I was going to suggest life... you do it yesterday, but I ended up having to do overtime. So I right, and I was at a, I was at dinner or whatever. So yeah. yeah. And it's like life gets away from us guys. We don't mean to. Yeah. It just life, life is busy. Life gets busy. We try our best, yeah. but you guys still listen to us and you still love us. So yes, thank you for so coming much. back. And thanks for listening. It. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all of our listeners. And yeah, drop us a comment. Send us, yes. you know, your Please feedback. Please rate, we review, subscribe. Yeah. You know, you can find us on instagram you can email us uh, you can find us uh, on our website spotify yeah. just um, search turn of the millennials wherever you get your podcasts and we will pop and up you will find us yes absolutely well until next time fellas and ladies uh, on and that everyone note, else have a safe and i guess you i guess for you americans it's gonna be thanksgiving it's gonna be thanksgiving i think when we release this or yeah. around the time so, so for you americans have happy a happy safe thanksgiving be safe during black friday shopping please, please. remember kind. safety first kind because you up know, here in canada we see the stories on the news and it's well, atrocious sometimes and we know that you have all been stuck in lockdown for a long time yes. and you need to get your stress out but please do not take it out on each other on black friday that's yes. all we ask. And Just remember, don't forget safety, to start your, your holiday shopping. Start your holiday shopping and <laughs> stay safe and warm if you got snow out already, because there's some falling down yeah. here today. Yeah, we're we've got some snow falling down today as well. My dog loves it.
We'll see how long it stays, but it's coming. So stay safe, guys. And we will catch you next week with some Christmas episodes. Yeah, I'm so excited for Christmas. My favorite time of year. Woo! That one may turn up to be like super long or, you know, many episodes. Who knows? You can talk about Christmas forever. There's a lot of movies. A lot and music and toys from that day, that era. We have so much to talk about with Christmas. So fucking much. You guys are going to love it. Exactly. So. Keep tuned and we will see you guys in December. Yep. Check yep. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you liked it, be sure to check out our previous episodes on our website at www.millennialspod.com. And also you can check them out on Spotify, Anchor, Google, or Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit the follow and subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our latest episodes. Also, you can follow us on all of the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Turn of the Millennials Pod, and like us on Facebook to leave a comment and a review. We greatly appreciate it. We will see you next episode.